This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 179 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Equestrian Collections. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, also with our producer Glenn here. Well, hi, everybody. We, you know, we're recording this on Monday of this week, a little early this week. And uh, we, got, we want to give our best here from the Horse Radio Network to everybody that's in the eye of Sandy. It's hitting now as we're recording this. And the worst is yet to come tonight, but they're saying by all accounts that it's worse than they predicted and you know what they were they were saying it was a hundred year storm um so we just wish all of our listeners and everybody with horses and without horses all throughout the northeast the very best we're thinking about you and hoping for the best for you yeah this is a little bit poor planning you know us doing it on monday here i know i've got lots of wind and we're expecting snow and that's not good. And news. you're all the way in Canada being affected. Yeah, you, you're yeah. in Canada, and I'm in. You know, I'm in Kentucky, and 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 we have the same. I apologize if my sound's not great tonight. We have the same problem. Very, very windy today. It was very cold uh, for Kentucky. We didn't get above 40 degrees, so uh, it's not even November. So it, that's cold here, for sure. So it's we chilly do, in Florida too. It's only 66 today. So just saying. So you know. Glenn, we don't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I am happy to be back after vacation, as we all know. Uh, it's always the week after vacation sometimes doesn't <laughs> make up for vacation, but I think my horses are finally back in a program again. They were, especially the young ones, were just wild for the last week. <laughs> oh. Kick their butts a little bit. Eh? I kind of did. Tell them mama's my home. Lord. Time to work. Uh, my- yeah, my my year old thought he was a free man or something. I don't I don't know, but it was not not a good week for him. But uh, but we're all back in action, and today was a good day. So that was that was good. So so we had some uh, interesting news that came out of USDF, and we try to we're going to have a segment here later from Kathy Robertson hearing what is new at USDF and what are some things on the horizon. But today, USDF announced the approval and release of the USDF training level freestyle. So it was approved by the USEF uh, Dressage Committee and the USDF Judges and Freestyle Committee. This freestyle is designed to encourage development of rhythm, regularity, consistency of tempo and the horse's gait through the use of music and to improve harmony between horse and rider. The USDF Freestyle will go into effect December 1st, 2012 for use in competition. So I think this is a really, yeah, this is going to be a good one. Excellent. I mean, I know uh, I have some junior riders that like to do freestyles, you know, get the creativity going in, in the lower levels. And uh, I think this has been a, a long time coming. You know, I know from maybe a judge's perspective that the, the training level freestyle is not super interesting, but I think it's handy to just encourage encourage the riding at, at that level because there are, I mean, I think the bulk of the riders in the training and first level um, so offer more classes and, and something to do here. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have to be honest, I do a lot with the Pony Club. And Pony Club, uh, it looks like they will probably approve this as well because um, uh, they had their own tests. 
actually their own training level pony club test. And, um, so it's, it's fun and it's great for the kids. You know, again, I only have worked with the pony club with it, but I think everyone will really enjoy, uh, doing it in their barn and, and it brings in music into the riding. And I don't know about you, Philip, but, uh, I do ride to music. Uh, I have a, a little sound system in my ring and, and I enjoy it. It, it kind of, you know, get, I get into it and the horses get into it. Uh, I like it a lot, actually. I think it's really handy and it's great, you know, for rhythm. And uh, sometimes it even just dampens some of the noise that's outside if there's something going on. So just having a radio playing is uh, is great. Or, you know, an iPod docking station to get your own music you want to ride to. You can You can ride to that. And then just the next step is developing it into a into a freestyle. I mean, I know you can spend a lot of time and a lot of money doing a freestyle at the upper levels, but I think it's fairly easy to do at the lower levels and especially with um you know, sound editing software going on and stuff like that. So, I think it's uh it's great to do. I think it's it's something different in dressage anyways. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, there are some great programs, and, and one of the kids that I worked with, she took it in school, actually. I didn't even know that was certainly not offered when I was in school, but it was called Garage Band. And um, she was able, she took a class on it, and she did her whole freestyle, and it was great. So, um, I know I agree with you. Um, there's a lot of programs out there that can help, and um, and certainly uh, a, lot of, a lot of kids out there that can take it in school. So, maybe some moms, their sons or daughters can help them out. Um, but you can find more information at the USD office or musical freestyle at usdf.org um, or the USDF website. So that'll help. Uh, so I hope that everyone can get into it and start because I think that'll be a fabulous thing for everyone to do. Yeah, great. Well, I think that's about it for the news. We've got a great show coming up. We have the second part of our bidding um, segment this week. So uh, really looking forward to doing that. And, uh, yeah, talking about USDF Convention and Trainers Symposium. So we'll have a quick break from Equestrian Collections, and we'll be back with Kathy Robertson from USDF. She is the Education Program Senior Coordinator, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, Convention and Trainers Conference that will happen in December. Hi, Glenn here, founder of the Horse Radio Network, and I am with Debbie from Equestrian Collections with Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. This week, I'm going to feature a particular item, the Iridian Ladies Chinchilla Fleece Crossover Turtleneck. But what I really want to talk about is the entire Chinchilla line. It's getting into autumn and cooler weather, and I'm telling you, this is the softest material you will ever put on. And another thing I like about this uh, this particular line is it's different. It's not just a turtleneck like your regular turtleneck. This one has a crossover so that it comes down to a little bit of a V and it makes it so much more comfortable. It's not always hitting your chin. And it's very, very comfortable and warmer than you would imagine. It's very light, but it's also very warm. It comes in a quarter zip and it comes in the crossover and it comes in a regular but the way it's spelled, when you go on the website, it's chinchilla, C-H-I-N-C-H-I-L-L-A-A-A-H. It's the perfect, perfect name because chinchilla itself is so soft. It's for chilly weather. And when you put it on, it makes you go, ah. <laughs> so look for the chinchilla fleece turtleneck. That's put out by Iridian, and it looks like it comes in a variety of colors as well. 
It does. A really pretty blue and a really pretty gray. And I think it also comes in um, a a red Red, color. Yeah, Yeah. Rudy. Yep, that's terrific. Well, very good. Well, you can find all of the Iridian products as well as the Chinchilla line line, at (laughs) equestriancollections.com. And we have them in stock, so we can ship them out the day you order. Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight. No, you're welcome. I'm glad to join you. Great. Well, let's get into what is new and coming up at USDF. Well, the first thing we have coming up in December is our Adequin USDF annual convention this year that's um, actually presented by SmartPak and supported by Oak Hill Ranch. Um, the dates for that are December 5th through the 8th. We are a week later than usual. So that caught a few people by surprise, but everything is coming together. And it actually looks like it's going to be one of our bigger conventions. I think because of the location, people are coming in a little early, staying a little late, taking advantage of that opportunity to to be down there and enjoy some of the sites. During the week, we have a lot of things going on. Um, We have meetings starting on Wednesday with our uh, executive board meeting. But then starting on Thursday, we'll have our regional meetings and we start with education. Um, Every day we're going to be offering a a session on uh, yoga and Pilates. That's how we're going to start our day. And then um, on Thursday we also have an educational session with Dr. Emily Lamprick, who's going to be talking about nutrition. And Hilda Gurney is also going to be giving a presentation for us in the afternoon um, on harmonizing with your horse. On Friday we've got uh, Lindsay White. Um, who's going to be talking about digestive health. We've also got some uh, forums going on. Our competition forum is going on Friday morning, and they're going to be talking about the new rider tests and the training level freestyle that was just announced earlier today. So that, I think, is going to be um, uh, quite the discussion group going on there. And then on Saturday, we have... uh, Dr. Victoria Maxwell is going to be talking about joint health. Hillary Clayton is going to be talking about her latest research. And we know when Hillary comes in and talks with us, it's always exciting and fun and innovative. And she's a very popular presenter. And we're going to finish our sessions on Saturday with a look back at London. We're going to have a panel of athletes, owners, coaches, and officials who were there and are going to share their experiences uh, from London. And then, of course, Saturday night we're going to have our uh, awards banquet, and I think that's going to be really fun because, of course, we're in New Orleans, so who knows what happened or who might appear during the banquet. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Can you update us a little bit on the new rider-level test? I don't think we've had a chance to discuss them yet on the show, and it's a great update for everybody, I think. Um, I only know that they are going to be effective December 1 of 2012. Um, they're going to be talking about those at convention. Um, with me being strictly in education, I don't have a lot of the history of those tests or where they came from um, or uh, what's going to be happening with those. But I do know there's going to be a lot of discussion of those at convention, both in some of the committee meetings as well as our competition open forum. Great. And Kathy, so if we wanted to attend convention, is it too late to get advanced tickets or how does that work? It is not too late. Pre-registration does not end until November 30th. 
Um, and you can register online through our website at www.usdf.org and click on the convention banner, and it'll take you right to all the information you need to know, all the updated schedules, all the updated presenters. We're um, going to be posting our meeting topics this year so people will know what's actually going to be discussed in each of the meetings. And um, so they'll be able to plan their activities as they go through the week. It's a pretty full week. It is. Convention is is a great week. And certainly if, if you haven't gone, this is the one to go to because uh, I went to the Pony Club convention uh, in January this year and uh, we had a blast. We enjoyed the convention and, and it's right down in the French Quarter and you can walk right in and great restaurants and uh, it's a really fun place to go. So I encourage everybody to go um, this year and, and the presenters sound fabulous. It is going to be fun. And there's also one evening there is going to be a Spirits of New Orleans, which is a dinner tour. Um, So you'll be able to get out and about and see the town a little bit. Um, And that information is available on our website also. Great. Well, changing gears a little bit, can we talk about the Trainers Conference in January? Yes, we can. uh, We're really excited about that this year. Um, It's going to be January 21st and 22nd. Uh, we're going back to High Meadow Farms in Loxahatchee, Florida. That seems to be our, our home for the conference, and we're excited to go back there. Um, this year, uh, the reason we're so excited is we have two presenters. We have Stefan Peters and Scott Hassler. They're going to co-present. First time we've had co-presenters for the conference that I am aware of. And we've got a little bit of a different format this year because we have the co-presenters. Um, They are really going to try to engage the uh, participants and the attendees in a conversation, and they're going to really try to challenge them to think through the training issues that they're seeing presented in front of them. Um, And they're going to be looking really in-depth at the details of those training uh, problems, um, not just from a visual standpoint, but also from a mechanical standpoint as they watch Stefan ride uh, several of the horses throughout the conference. Yeah, I think we should say that Reese and I have seen Stefan and Scott work together in a similar format, and it worked really well. I think they, they both worked together well, and also individually they have some great ideas, and uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful format, and, uh, and we should be really looking forward, forward to that, to a little bit of a change. It is a change, and we're looking forward to it. Um, for so many years, we've had haven't had the interaction between the attendees and the presenters um, that they've been asking for. We're able to provide that this year. Scott's going to be moderating and directing that discussion. And uh, Stefan and Scott do work so well together. They're really good friends, and um, they just have a mutual respect for each other. And they're able to really do a good presentation. So, Kathy, um, tell us, I know there's some confusion out there on who can attend this conference. Can you help clear that up for us a little bit? I can. There is some specific criteria to attend the conference. The, all of the, the criteria is available on our website. But in general, it is open to FEI-level trainers who are training horses at the FEI level. It's open to all of USDF's certified instructors. Um, it's open to our L graduates. It's open to all USEF and FEI level judges, 
as well as um, recipients of USDF silver and gold medals. There's a few more things on the list, but that kind of covers the general basis. No Canadians, huh? Uh, Canadians are welcome. We are actually, we do encourage foreign um, riders and and high-performance riders to attend and and the trainers to attend. Um, And they can contact me directly if they are interested in attending. Oh, okay. Well, that's excellent. Yeah, perfect. Yay, Philip, you need to come down. That would be (laughs) so fun. We'll see if we can work that out. We'll We'll have to talk, I guess. Absolutely. And Kathy, how about the registration for this symposium? Uh, registration, pre-registration for this closes on the 6th of January. I'm sorry, on the 4th of January. So it's right after the first of the year. So we'll be sending out some reminders. And um, the other thing, too, that I had forgotten to mention is that each of the, of the attendees who meet the criteria are able to bring some guests with them. I think it's up to three guests. So pretty much if there's somebody who wants to get in there and you, you're a trainer or meet this criteria and have a student who wants to come, we can help facilitate that so they have exposure to this education. Oh, that's great. And can the guests be anybody um, that the trainer wants to bring? Yes, but they do have to be a USDF participating member. Oh, okay, great. Well, that sounds super. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we look forward to having you on again and hearing some of the new things that are coming down the pike. Uh, but we should definitely make this a, a more regular segment. Yes, I look forward to that. Great. Have a great evening. Thank you. You too. After this word from the Horse Radio Network, we're going to talk with Beth Haste. Uh, this is our second series on uh, bidding. And we're going to talk about fitting the double bridle bits. Do you have a company in the horse world? Are you looking to get the word out about your products, services, or shows? At the Horse Radio Network, we understand our advertisers need to reach the equestrian consumer in the most efficient, cost-effective way possible. Internet radio shows like this one, also called podcasts, allow the flexibility and creativity to craft unique messages that stand out from the herd and reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. If you want to learn more about advertising on this show or any of our shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact our account manager, Lisa, at 847-790-4476. That's Lisa at 847 4476 or you can drop her an email at lisa at horseradionetwork.com our listeners are terrific engaged and avid horse people the ones that you are looking for Well, Beth, thank you so much for coming back for our second part of our bit series. And today we're going to talk about curb bits and, and double bridle bits, um, Berdoons and curbs, and how to choose them and, and all the things about, uh, about them. So uh, let's get started. Okay. Thanks for having me back again. Um, I was a little nervous about the first one, and then I realized that I would probably never shut up. I had so much I wanted to talk about. So <laughs> oh, you're doing, another doing great. Opportunity. Well, this gives us another opportunity because we've got snaffles involved in doubles. That's the Berdoon. And then we have the curb bit. And since last week we talked about the snaffle, really all we're doing is making the rings a little bit smaller. And we're just going to make it a little bit smaller in diameter so it'll fit with another bit in the horse's mouth. 
So the sizing is going to be pretty much the same as it was um, when we talked about the snapples. We want to clear the lips. We want to, a lot of people want to use a loose ring because that's what they use in their everyday training. And I do think that whatever you are using in your snaffle bit with this horse, you should continue when you go into a double because the first bit in his mouth should at least feel familiar. And I think it's a little, makes for a little easier transition to go into the double. So whether you're using a loose ring two-piece or three-piece, you should choose that style of boudin. Or if you're using an egg butt or a boucher, both are totally legal to use um, with a curb bit. So whatever he's used to going or she's used to going in, it's usually good to continue that right through into uh, the double set. And then you get it into choosing curbs. And when we talk about curbs, um, the cheek pieces are relatively similar. For most curbs, you have like a choice of two lengths. It's either going to be a five centimeter shank or a seven centimeter shank. Your five centimeter shank is going to be your short shank. And then your regular shank will be a seven centimeter shank. And this would be for dressage. Um, they have different curb bits out in the world that have different lengths of shanks, but that would not be really suitable for dressage. And since you don't have any movement in the shanks, for the most part, we will talk about one that does, but most curb bits have no movable parts. So this becomes a little bit more interesting to fit because when you run your fingers on either side of your horse's jawbones, you're going to feel how wide that horse's um, mouth is because just above the jawbones, you're going to have the bars and you can feel how narrow. So now we don't have to deal with the lips so much as we do with like a loose ring. So you can get that bit. So it'll suck in the, the fat lips and sit on the bars in the correct place. Because if you have a port, you don't want that bit to be too wide that as you enter into the port area on the mouthpiece, that that ends up sitting on the curb, on their um, bars of their mouth. That first um, inch on each side from the cheekpiece into the mouthpiece is the correct place for it to sit on the bar. So we have to be really careful that we don't put too big, too wide a curb in the horse's mouth. Excellent. And Beth, when you start thinking about starting your horse in a double, so we talked about, you know, use the similar snaffle, a Bredouin bit. What curb bit would you start with? I personally like um, a bit called um, the Moore's Lot. It's a French bit, and you know with the French, everything is supposed to be really light and soft, and um, and that bit has no, um, it has no port. It actually has no break whatsoever in the mouthpiece. 
So what it does is it slightly arches over the horse's tongue, and it just rolls on the horse's tongue. So it doesn't put any pinpoint tongue pressure from the bottom of the bit into the horse's tongue, and nor does it have any port, so we don't um, exercise any effort into the port uh, and the roof of the horse's mouth, because that is the strongest form of control on a horse is the palate. So if you're going to start a young horse and you can get a nice slim Moore's lot that just rolls on his tongue, he, he or she probably will still keep going forward and will not be so intimidated that they start to suck back due to the fact now you've put two bits in the horse's mouth who is going lovely with a snaffle and the curb chain, and the horse goes, what did I do wrong? You know? So this way, they'll give them a really softer feel in their mouth, and they still keep going forward. That sounds like a really good idea. I've never um, thought about it. I mean, I always start with like a really small port on the horse, but but a bit with no port is even softer and even better. Beth, if we can go back a little bit to the sizing... So if sure. I have a horse that goes in a five and three quarter, for instance, I want to put um, a five and three quarter Bradoon and maybe a little bit smaller uh, curb bit in. Is that correct? You're going to go, the rule of thumb is anywhere from a quarter to a half inch smaller. Okay. okay. But I find that horses go even smaller than that. So even though the five, I mean, the quarter to a half inch is what they consider normal, actually today it seems that you can go even three quarters of an inch smaller with no problem at all hmm. because we the horses inside their mouth are much smaller than I think we thought they were. And when you put a curb in their mouth, it's really good to almost put your head up under his jaw and take a look at that bit from on the bottom part of his jaw. And if you see some of that curb, the mouthpiece of the curb visible from uh, from the bottom of his jaw, then you need to go smaller because what's happening is, is the lips on the top are much wider than the lips on the bottom. And when you look at the curb bit from the front of the horse, his lips are like pancake batter. They'll just spread as wide as you give them. And it looks like it's filling up the bit, when in fact, it's too big. And you'll see that when you see a little bit of the mouthpiece visible at under the, the underside of the jaw. And then you need to go smaller. Yeah, Beth, you taught me that, um, and and it it really is amazing. I I had never looked, you know, we always look from the side and from the front, but to look from behind, it was incredible. Like, I I had to change the sizing on a horse because he was a little bit fussy in the curb, and Beth said, well, look from the back. And it was incredible how much space, and and, and the horse, I can't remember exactly the sizing, but it made such a difference, and I've never been taught to look from the back. So that was really, really helpful. I, I just, uh, it, it, I don't know, um, I think that uh, it was uh, um, uh, Alex Etherington that did tell me that. But once I started looking back there, it changed my whole perspective. 
unfitting these horses. And they so, usually get a little less fussy then. Because, it, I mean, think about that we're, we're in a very precise sport. And we don't want this. And the curb is being put in for that little bit of extra collection. And we're wanting to be extremely precise. And then we put a bit in their mouth that's sliding too much side to side. Not only are we making the horse uncomfortable inside of his mouth, we've also taken away some of that precision and that little touch of extra collection that we're looking for. Okay, Beth, the next question I have for you is about curb chains. What is correct tightness for a curb chain? Is there some leeway there, depending on the horse? What, what's your thoughts on that? I think that you have to... A horse is going to react. Some horses um, feel uh, fine and go uh, forward with a tighter curb chain. Some horses can be maybe a little excitable or a little over-enthusiastic, and a little tighter curb chain might give you just that little extra more. And then some horses are extremely sensitive to it. And with that, you can leave it a little bit looser, but it's almost better to just put a pad on it and still make it firm. Because with this action is also your connection to the pole. So you don't uh, want maybe to have if you a could describe the, the not action even of getting the curb. Pardon? Maybe maybe if you could describe the the total action of of the entire curb bit because it I mean it comes pole and curb chain and everything maybe that's a good discussion. Um the curb goes in the curb groove and on the curb bit it then puts more action on the pole. So if the curb chain is loose, we're not getting as much action on the pole. And But it needs to be there to give you that little extra bit of collection. But by padding it on a sensitive horse, uh, it will still give you a little touch of more pole action, but it will also protect and he will probably be a little bit more willing. And Beth, pads, um, talk to us. There's lots of different types of pads. How do you right. choose the type of pad? Um, on, I, I really only like, um, uh, personally, two. Um, one is just a uh, inexpensive little, um, rubber curb guard, which works quite well on most horses. And the other one is, um, made out of leather that snaps around the curb chain. And in the beginning, it feels pretty um, stiff. But, you know, the horse is slobbering all over the place, and it gets really wet. And when it does that, it just molds right to the curb chain. And it's quite nice and quite comfortable for the horse. Um, Unfortunately, I have found that uh, curb guards, curb chain guards that are made out of... um, gel have a tendency not to be stable so they roll a bit and sometimes they can just roll right off and then the horse is getting too much of the curb chain action so I'd like it to be relatively flat and I don't want it to roll in any way shape or form I just want it to be nice and flat in that curb groove section of the horse's head great 
Well, Beth, thank you so much. This has been the whole series. We all are very thankful because it's always the question. So how do we find you on the online? Um, you can uh, go to www.thehorseofcourse.com. And if anybody has a question, they can email me through the website. And I'll be glad to answer any questions that I can. Great. Thanks so much, Beth. Thank you for having me. Excellent. That was really educational, and I know that I learned a lot, again, about bits. There's so much to know. Um, what do you think, Reese? Yeah, there is. I mean, I think that just even scratched the surface, but um, bidding is, it, there's not a lot of information out there. It's sort of trial and error. Um, so to actually hear how to fit them, uh, I actually worked with Beth one day and she showed me how to fit them. Um, certainly, I don't feel like an expert, but I, I knew a little bit more. So I hope that helps. And the discussion on the lips, uh, I didn't know that actually after all my years of training and a couple of years ago. We talked and, and had that discussion. So uh, for sure, use your resources, use your tech uh, shop uh, proprietors. They're wonderful and they know what, what's going on and, uh, or, and or they'll find you the answer. So I think it's important, especially for kind of the, that oddball horse. What would you say, Philip? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been doing this a while pretty much my whole life. And you always come across somebody who makes you feel like you know nothing. And I think Beth was a little bit like that for me. I mean, I, you know, I fit lots of horses, different bits, and, you know, she just, you know, brought a lot of thoughts up that I, you know, I, I just feel like I did, don't know anything. Now I have to go back to school or something for to learn about <laughs> bits. But uh, I'm just wondering if, if our listeners have any more questions, maybe they could send us an email or something and we could have Beth back, you know, and, and discuss I would love that. all kinds Please of different things, you know. I think it would be great. So uh, Absolutely. Maybe we can come up with some more, some more stuff for for another for a third part to our our bidding segment. I think it's great. Everybody send it, send stuff in to us, and you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website at dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email for all of those questions, and they don't have to be bit-related, is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com. My email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Equestrian Collections. And don't forget to check out all the other great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Well, everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. And we hope that everyone in the Northeast stays safe and sound. And um, we wish you all the best. 